Today's episode is sponsored by Craftsy. Whether you're new to making or looking to advance skills in a favorite hobby, Craftsy is the place to learn. With over 1,500 classes, there's something for everyone, from knitting and sewing to baking and cooking, gardening, embroidery, quilting, and more. Visit CraftsyOffers.com today and get a full year of Craftsy Premium Membership for just $3. That's 97% off the regular price. Start turning ideas into projects you can be proud of. Thank you so much, Craftsy. And now, here's the show. Episode 194 of the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals where you can strengthen your creative business, stay up to date on industry news, and build connections within our supportive trade association. Check it out at craftindustryalliance.org. Today on the show, we are talking about building brand collaborations with my guest, Tisa Jackson. Tisa is the colorful brains behind This Is Tisa. She's a stationary designer and DIY craft content creator and workshop instructor. She's inspired by color and has a passion for bright, colorful, happy designs and DIY projects. Tisa has collaborated with brands such as HP, Michaels, Cricut, Beacon, and Silhouette. Visit her blog and you will come away learning quick and easy crafts, even if you don't consider yourself a crafter. Tisa Jackson, welcome. Oh my gosh, I love that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love your bio too. Um, And I also just love visiting your blog and your Instagram because your aesthetic is so warm and bright and just full of rainbows and it always makes Mm -hmm. me smile. So I'm very excited to talk with you and and learn more about your crafty career. So um, let's just kind of dial things back a little bit and start um, with where, where did you grow up? I know you live in Texas now. Yes. So I've always lived in Texas. So I was born near Dallas and uh, stayed, not stayed in the same area, but all along Dallas. And then when I was probably about eight or 10, we moved to Austin. And um, I graduated high school from Austin. And now I'm close to Austin. I'm not in Austin, but I I am still close to Austin. Nice. And I I have not been to Austin, but I have several friends who live there. How is the kind of arts seen obviously prior to covid in normal times yeah, yeah now no COVID, <laughs> um i you know you there's different art shows you can walk up and down different streets downtown and just um buy from local makers and it's just so awesome yeah. i love that about austin so yeah i'm hoping to get there sometime soon because um i hear great things about it it seems like such a fun city Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so when you were growing up, first, were you always kind of a maker or somebody who did creative projects? Or did that kind of come to you later in life? I think I've always just loved art. Like, I can't say that I was a great student, but I was an amazing art student, right? <laughs> so um, art would like every every day when, it, when, when I had art class, 
it, I just shined. And I used to always, um, I just remember this one project. I used to always just try to go above and beyond. And we had this one project and we had to make a 3D project out of cardboard. And I think I would, this was like maybe sixth grade. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make an ice cream cone. So I, you know, I'm doing my layers and all that. And then at the end, uh, I start ripping the cardboard where the cone is. And the teacher's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, a cone has ridges, right? Like is, there's ridges in here. And she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're ripping that. And I'm like, it, you know, it's 3D. And it was, I think it won a contest or something, but I've always tried to think outside the box and make things look realistic. I really thought I was going to be an artist when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And I also think that speaks so much to the importance of having art classes in school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because it sounds like that was your favorite, <laughs> your favorite subject. I mean, so yeah, yeah, history, reading. Yeah, I'm like, no, I don't want to do any of that. My when I was, I'm I'm showing my age. When I was young, one of the subjects we had to take was handwriting, and we had to learn cursive. And that was my second favorite class. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, so, um, so doing like the lettering and like, yeah, yeah that's so funny. So, um, are you good at cursive now? Do you have good handwriting? Oh, yeah. And my daughter, she's just like, I can't understand cursive at all. Mom, please don't write in cursive. And I'm like, no, it's like, it's like so fast and easy. And mine is usually pretty neat. So I, I still love writing in cursive. Yeah, gosh, they don't teach cursive, at least not mm -mm. where we are anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you have home ec in school when you were growing up or no? Yeah, we did. I had, um, I even had like typing, but we had home ec, like we used to learn how to sew outfits and things like that and make a bed and keep a house. And <laughs> it was crazy things. They don't, they, no one teaches that kind of stuff anymore. So. I know. But again, I love those classes. So, um, mm -hmm. I hope they mm -hmm. come back, but okay. So, so you loved art, but, and you thought maybe you would become an artist and what ended up happening as far as, um, first steps in like career and, and mm -hmm. sort of after high school. So, um, so I went to college didn't finish. Um, and then I start working for a, a manufacturing company here in Austin. <laughs> and um, I, and through the, and I was with that company for a long time. And um, I had a mentor that offered to pay for a year of art classes for me because um, I did, I didn't make a, a lot of money. And I was just like, wait, what? And so this guy and his wife gifted me for my birthday, a year of art classes at this local art school. And I did it. I did it. And then I, I loved it. I was painting every week. And then one day my neighbor was just like, Hey, I'm, I'm teaching a card class. Do you want to come over? And I'm like a card class. And she said, yeah, we're, we're going to make handmade cards. And I was like, Oh, okay, girl, I'll come over. I'll support you. Um, and so I went over and I was just like, wait a minute, I can make a card in five minutes. Like it takes me weeks to, to finish a painting. Like, what? And so, um, and then she had another one and I went again and then I ended up being an instructor for, I don't know if they're even still around, but it was a hand stamping type company mm -hmm. and I ended up becoming an instructor so I can get the discount so I can buy all the things. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. And I agree with you <laughs> that one of the lovely things about making cards is that 
Um, it's like a tiny piece of ephemeral art. You know, you make it, you okay. give it away. The person enjoys it. They can keep it. They can throw it away. But it's like art, but like almost abbreviated, you know, and it, it's so right. satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, so, so that's that was a lovely gift, by the way, that your mentor gave you. Oh, that, that is so amazing. nice. Yeah. Amazing. And I was working for someone uh, who was – just stressed me out so much. So even like going home and making these cards just to kind of get some of that stress out because my kids were little. And so I was just like, yeah, I want to make cards. And so what happened, my business kind of happened by accident. People start asking me, you know, can you make me 12 holiday cards, cards I can send my friends and family? And I'm like, really, you want me to make you cards? And that's how it all started. I started to go to craft markets, like uh, at my kids' schools, they would have like fall fest and I would you know set up there my little table and I would sell all these cards wow that's so fun um okay yeah so like this sort of chance encounter with a neighbor combined with these like adult art classes and so um yeah okay and so did you um start a blog or like an online presence right away or were you kind of doing this you know locally and for friends and family for a while before then yeah Absolutely not. I think I signed on with Etsy, but I never really put anything on there. And when I did put things on there, they really didn't sell. And so I did, um, I, I did sell at markets a lot and really in the fall, that would be my really busy season. And then I was just like, Hey, well, you know, maybe my customers want a little bit more than cards. And so I started making different things. Like, I don't know, clipboards and bookmarks and and these different things and they would sell and I'm like oh my gosh people really love my stuff okay (laughs) I think we can do something with this so and did you did you get a I know you're you really enjoy and are very expert at using um, a cutting machine like a Cricut for example or so Mm -hmm. what did you get Mm -hmm. one of those back then or was that later as well No, I used to hand cut every little piece of paper or use my my paper cutter, which I still love my paper cutters, um, but I do have the machines now and it makes it a lot easier. Okay. Um, And so did, so, okay, so you were selling for a long time locally um, Mm -hmm. and then did you get onto like Instagram? Was that the first step or was a blog the first step for sort of introducing online? My first step was Facebook. Okay. Um, And then, uh, and then a blog, which I didn't really know what I was doing. My friend was just like, girl, we should start a blog. And I'm like, what is a blog? (laughs) And she was like, let's go to this blog conference. You can learn all about it. And so I was like, okay. (laughs) So we get on a plane, we go to Salt Lake City and I go to my first blogging conference. I was so overwhelmed. I did not realize I'm like, these people really make money doing this. This is crazy. And so I started my little blog and, um, and it was, it's been fun. Um, I didn't know people would follow all of these blogs. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, people really want to know like how to do crafts. Okay. This is a, this is a, this is a way to kind of teach people what I do or show people what I do. And so that's how the blog started. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. It's like a whole world when you discover mm-hmm. it that you don't realize mm-hmm. is there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. going to that conference was probably I mean, you're like dump, jumping into deep water when you do something like that because you're being introduced to the entire, you know, sort of scope of blogging and craft blogging all at once versus like, I had, yeah, 
<laughs> versus like no reading idea. a few. Yeah, yeah. What is happening? But it ended up being um, a, a conference that I, before COVID, would attend every single year. I've met amazing people. I've met some of my best blogging friends from that conference. So, yeah. What do you know? What conference? What can you say? What conference it is? Yeah, it's Snap Conference. Oh, Snap! Yeah, that's great. And the nice thing too about Snap is it's it's got almost a focus on brand collaborations for bloggers as well. So yes, um, yes. that's like one of the main ways that bloggers can make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's multiple ways. So um, so you were probably introduced to that idea pretty pretty early into your journey as a blogger. Yes, yes. And didn't really take it serious. Like I was just like, well, you know, I sell these cards. This is what I do. This is how I make my money. And um, one day I got an invitation to an HP event. And I'm like, wait, what is this? And it was in San Diego. And it was amazing. Like you paid this little fee, but you go to this resort and you do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'll go, you know. And um, I I knew, like, I think I knew about three or four girls there. Um, And one invited me. And so I called her. I'm like, hey, is this legit? And she's like, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll go. I went and um, didn't really just, you know, did the event, had a great time met all the bloggers who were teaching classes there and everything. And then a few weeks later, I get an invitation to become a part of this um, HP print team. And I'm like, wait, what? What is this? And that was my first collect- like partnership. And, um, and I have to say that it was because I met these people at this conference, this person, and then she introduced me to HP and that team. And I just did not even know these people were even looking at me at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so to me, that really speaks to the value too of going to craft conferences Mm -hmm. and getting out there, doing a little bit of networking, even if you feel like it's out of your comfort zone, or you know, you're brand new, and everybody else is so experienced, (laughs) because through those connections, that's how you end up with these new opportunities. So yeah, I think that's really important to hear. So what did you actually do as part of the the sort of design team for HP? Like what were the tasks? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, it was a great partnership, right? Because I signed a contract. So usually if I work with uh, brands, there might be like one month I might work for them. And then a few months I, I don't. And then, you know, they'll come back again and ask me to do more work. But this was like every month. And I'm like, yes. So um, it was um, working with it. The team was called, called My Printly. And um, we would create uh, craft projects using their printers, so I would design something, print it out, and then craft with whatever I designed. Wow. And so it was it was really awesome. Yeah. And the great thing about <laughs> that, to me, it sounds like it was really open-ended. Like you were able to come up with the parameters of the project. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, basically using a printer is the most open-ended thing, right? It can be any kind of imagery or, or project that you want. Oh, absolutely. I, I made anything from like planner covers that I laminated to um like I, I use the printer to uh, print onto iron on where I would make napkins. Like it was just so it was amazing. 
Yeah. And um, from there, I mean, being on with that team, I learned how to do video and take photos. Mm. Like we would get together once a year and they would give us classes. And I remember they brought in a photographer to kind of give us, you know, tips and tricks on taking photos. And so that's been so helpful for me. So. Right. That's great that they have kind of like instruction as part Mm -hmm. of it. And so, um, and so were you posting these final projects like on your own YouTube or on your own site um or were you giving it to them to post so we were i was turning it in to them to post and sadly my print is no no longer around but um that was just an an amazing amazing Mm. opportunity yeah and I, i tell people all the time because people always ask me like how do you work with these brands and i feel like um and i didn't know this at the beginning but someone is always watching you um, it could be a brand. Someone could follow you on Instagram and um, and they're just using not, you know, not their company name, but their personal name. And they will just watch you for a little bit and brands will seek out, you know, people to partner with that way. Mm-hmm. That's so important to realize as a business owner. And sometimes that can feel a little bit too high pressure or just <laughs> a little bit strange, you know, to think, oh, somebody's watching you. But, you know, you have to sort of in some ways like separate your business persona from your personal persona, you know, and just realize like it's not you. It's just one aspect of you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're they're watching. So yeah. Yeah, that's super, that's super cool. Okay. So, and it sounds like that was a great learning experience, just sort of seeing how all of this operated and the ins and outs. Um, Okay. And so, um, and so did you got into Instagram, I'm assuming sort of from that or... Yes. Okay. Yes. And so Instagram was very, very slow for me <laughs> at the beginning. Um, I think just in this, this last year and a half, um, Instagram has, has gotten, has blown up a lot, a lot for me. Um, and I think it was because at first I would never show my face on camera. I would never speak on camera or anything like that. And then one day I said, I'm going to do a stories and I'm just going to, I mean, it's going to get on Instagram story and I'm just going to see what happens. And I just get on Instagram story and then, you know, my feed is beautiful. Everything's like lined up and all that. But if you join me on stories, like I'm like, look at my messy craft room or, Oh my gosh, I made a mistake or I'm up in the middle of the night making tea. Like it's like normal life for me. And I think people really appreciate that I am very genuine and I will tell someone when I made a mistake, I will own up to it. Or I would say, yeah, that craft room picture is so beautiful, but this is what it really looks like today. And people like, oh my gosh, I love that. My craft room looks just like that. So I really like that. Yeah, it sounds to me like Instagram almost has like two sides of, of a coin mm-hmm. for you. Like your your feed is, as you said, super curated. It's got that bright white aesthetic with the rainbow that we were talking about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Your photos are just super polished and so nice. And I have watched your stories and they're definitely very real. Um, you know, <laughs> un- yeah, it's unpolished, unvarnished you just talking about what's happening today in your life and 
uh, what you need to work on and all these different yes. things. And so I think that that is a really interesting way to frame it for people to think, mm-hmm. well, how do I use these two different aspects of the app? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think a, a, a lot of the times I'll show like, I have this craft room, but I don't really have a lot of space to package orders. So if my entry is full of cups and, and I show that on stories, people are like, oh my gosh, Tisa, that is amazing. So I think when people start seeing a little bit, they, they want to see you, the true, true you, but they also want to see, I think a little bit behind the scenes. Like, do I sit on the floor and work sometimes? Absolutely. Like, just like any other crafter, like I don't sit in my beautiful craft room and everything's put together because you have to bring things out to work. Right. So (laughs) I think they really enjoy that. Yeah, that is so that that is really true. And so, um, so you now have 25,000 more than 25,000 followers on Instagram, which is super impressive. And do you think that that has led to some of your brand collaborations? Um, Just having that larger following and having the beautiful um, you know, very sort of tied together, you know, photo photograph style. Has that like, do you think people I, have contacted you that way? Um, I, I personally think that you don't have to have a large following for a brand to contact you. I mean, there's so many smaller brands that will contact people with less than 10,000 followers. I think, um, I think it certainly helps. Um, but you know, you know, Instagram will (laughs) show my posts to some people and not some people. And so while I love that number, I wish more people were, you know, seeing my content. So Mm -hmm. um, what I did was I figured out that if I if I do a short little video and put it into reels, I found that more people are seeing that content than just a post or even my Instagram story. Mm. And um, I feel like my Instagram story is like, I'm just talking to people who already follow me. Right. Um, I'm just like, you know, keeping those people around, keeping those people in the know, but I think reels kind of brings in people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I believe people see those videos that I have no idea, you know, they currently don't follow me. Right. So I'm, I'm, tr- I'm still learning Instagram and the, the ways around it. Um, and I just, you know, I listen a lot. I, uh, I, you know, listen to different bloggers and business people. And so reels right now is, is the, is the thing that I'm trying to do a lot more of. Yeah. And just be creative with it. So. I'd like to take a minute now to talk about our sponsor, Craftsy. And here is a message from Craftsy. At Craftsy, we know making. Whether you are new to the handmade life or looking to advance your skills, we have classes for all maker levels and interests. From knitting and sewing to quilting and embroidery, cooking, baking, paper crafts, and more, Craftsy's instructors guide and encourage you, empowering you to turn ideas into realities. And they have an exclusive offer for Craft Industry Alliance podcast listeners. Right now, you can get a whole year of their premium membership for only $3. Visit CraftsyOffers.com to sign up, and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout. For only $3, you'll get a full year of access to over 1,500 premium full-length classes. It can be challenging to know where to go to learn new things, especially when you're an absolute beginner. Craftsy's instructors help build strong foundations as they teach, 
setting you up for success, and helping you fix mistakes as you go. Their enthusiasm and strong teaching style make learning accessible to all. If you're an experience maker and looking for new challenges and fresh projects, Craftsy is for you too. From perfecting your fondant skills to tackling complex stitches, from eye-catching garden design to next steps in sourdough, Craftsy has advanced classes in all crafts from instructors who are experts in their field. With over 1,500 classes including downloadable patterns and recipes, Craftsy has a class and a craft for everyone. So visit CraftsyOffers.com today and get a year of Craftsy premium membership for just $3. That's 97% off the regular price. Start turning ideas into projects you can be proud of. Get this exclusive offer at CraftsyOffers.com. Thank you so much, Craftsy. And now back to my conversation with Tisa. Right. And they get a lot of engagement. So, um, yeah. So it's worth sort of figuring out. Can you um, just tell us briefly about like a reel or two that you've created that has performed well? Well, I did one with, uh, I just made these little hearts on, um, I got my Cricut and I cut out all these little glitter hearts red glitter and then I just got uh, my little Xyron sticker maker and I put all the hearts and this is just the handheld one not the big machine it's like I don't know seven dollars and I just put the hearts in there and made them stickers and then put them on the bottom of Hershey Kisses and I'm like and it was like so short so quick and people loved it and Mm. I'm like wait what and it was just you know and you can even do that with a hole punch you don't even have to have right um, a cricket or anything like that you can do you can do circles you can do whatever and I think the, the when people see oh yeah I can go and get, get me a bag of Hershey Kisses and, and a piece of you know paper and I can do that and it it, it was my highest viewed uh, reels ever. Mm-hmm. I love it because it's so simple and accessible. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times you make these things out to be like so incredibly complex. Like it has in order to be worthwhile mm-hmm. of doing a video about it has to be like some, you know, hidden secret or like a big complicated idea that nobody would really know and is not obvious. Right. And how, listen, right. putting a heart on the bottom of a Hershey kiss, that's obvious, but it's not obvious to like the average consumer. And it takes somebody creative to be able, you know, with some vision to be able to sort of see, oh, this is a, this would be cute like let's try it you know right so now with the reels I try like if I'm doing a video on like I did a uh, a video with I made some planters and then I'm like okay what song do I use and so this is probably not the best great I don't know this might not be the best advice but (laughs) I just think of like I always try to search for a song that matches what I'm doing oh sure so I think the song and I didn't even know the song it was like said something about growing and I'm like oh my gosh this is perfect and so I'll instead of using the popular songs which is what you're supposed to do I just kind of I like to be creative with the songs um there's a song on there that I love it's called colors and it's just like I might be green I might be purple I might be black <laughs> just like I love it saying all the colors and I like that song too and I just kind of place it if I'm using a whole bunch of colors or whatever yeah 
That's awesome. <laughs> Again, it's like, I think the, the process of creating these can be creative in and of itself. So, you know, like choosing the music and, and cutting it and clipping it all together. So that's, that's great. I think that's great advice. And so, okay. So you've had some other like really, um, wonderful partnerships. And mm-hmm. I would love to talk a little bit about some of the other ones that you have done. Um, we mentioned a few in the, in the intro. Um, and mm-hmm. so you, we talked about the HP one, but you've mm-hmm. also worked with, I know right now you've been working most recently with Beacon Adhesives. Oh, I love Beacon. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and it's, it's a great relationship because I went to a conference and see, this is the thing like you, before COVID, I think it was a little bit easier. Right. So I went to the con- a conference and I met the, um, I think she's the marketing person of Beacon. Um, we sat on a panel together and, um, we, I, I uh, was able to meet her grandfather who started Beacon oh. and her grandmother. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And they were there and they were winning an award. And so then, um, I reached out to her. Um, I don't, I guess it was the end of last year, I, October of last year. And I just said, Hey, um, I'm looking for, uh, work. I just was very blunt about it. And she goes, okay. And I said, is there anything, you know, you, do you have something coming up for the holidays? And she said, um, absolutely. Let me put you in contact with the person who's in charge of that. And they had me do one post and then, um, they came back and said, Hey, do you want to work with us next year? And I said, absolutely. And so I think it's really important. Like when you go to those conferences, like I get very nervous when I go to conferences. I, um, it, it's it, like, I'm, I'm very talkative, but I'm very talkative. Like when I get to know you, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really hard for me to like, just walk up to someone and talk. Mm. And so you get very nervous, but when you kind of open up just a little bit and meet these people, you don't have to like form a relationship right then and there, sign a contract, you know, whatever, get work right then and there, but like put it in your back pocket because later they might have something they need you to work on. And so um, that's just how I've always just kind of, you know, approached my I don't know, partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also that follow up was really important. So mm-hmm. you met her, you met members of the family and mm-hmm. um, had that nice experience. But then, you know, later, you weren't shy to follow up via email and say, you know, I'm available to work and, you know, present them with some creative ideas and also do a really good job delivering, which is probably why they decided to keep you on. But, um, but that follow up piece is, is really important, I think. And, and one that um, sometimes people forget to do or just feel shy about and, um, and, and you should definitely follow up. And I think people shouldn't be afraid of no, because just typing that note to her, I was very nervous. And, but I think it's okay for someone to say no, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? They say no, and we all move on. And that's completely okay. And I get a lot of no's. (laughs) And I get some yeses. (laughs) So um, I just want people to know, don't, you know, don't be afraid of getting no's. No's are okay, too, because you can always follow up with that person. Like, maybe they don't have budget, or, you know, maybe it's just not the right time. But maybe later on, it might be the right time. So yeah, a no is just a not right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good mm-hmm. attitude, I think. Um, okay, that's great. So that's um, that was with Beacon. And then you did a really lovely, I think it was more than one video with Michaels. So how did that come about? 
Well, that's one of the ones where they were watching me um, because I was approached right when I was, um, we haven't talked about, I have a full-time job. We haven't talked about that yet, but right when I started working from home, um, when COVID started, I guess that was March of 2020, um, they reached out and they were like, Hey, um, we have this opportunity. And I was like, what? (laughs) And, um, it was, they asked me to be a part of their made by you campaign. And it was amazing. Um, and then, you know, I had to meet with the producer and all that kind of stuff. And so when they came, I was like, how did you guys find me? And they said, uh, one of the ladies said, we follow you on Instagram. And I'm like, what? I didn't know that. (laughs) So, and they don't follow with the business name, you know, you know, I think Michael's does follow me and I think, uh, Beacon does follow me, but, um, there are people who also work on those teams that will just follow you under their regular name. Right. So. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so good to know. And so, um, their made by you campaign was like, a an advertising campaign featuring makers. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Featuring makers. I know they did a spring one and then I was part of the fall. And so, um, so there was, you know, it was on TV. Like I'm like, I'm on a TV commercial. That is so amazing. cool. Yeah. And then, um, it was, you know, it was part of their email. So I was in a lot of their newsletters and then a lot of their commercials, like on YouTube and, um, a few other, uh, a few other, I think not Netflix, uh, but Hulu, I think, I don't know. Anyway, uh, a few of those commercials. And so it was a big deal. And I was very honored that they even reached out and asked me to, to work with them. And so what was it like? Did they, I mean, it was COVID. So that was kind of a really scary time, but did they send a whole crew to your craft room or what happened? They did. And so like, so at that time we were like complete quarantine at my house and I went to my husband, I was like, uh, I really want to do this. And so he said, well, okay, you know, we can make it work. We'll just, let's just make sure, you know, they had like a whole COVID protocol. And then, um, if we had any suggestions, they were all for it. They wanted to know if we were comfortable. It was really amazing. And Mm. it, it just made me calm the whole time. And so, uh, it was difficult, but I'm like, no, 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 we have to do this, honey. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so did, like, okay, okay, did it take it. like all day or did it? Yeah. Was it, yeah it was okay. like an eight hour, mm-hmm. eight or they were here eight or nine hours. And then we had pre-meetings before, like, mm-hmm. um, the week before we had a pre-meeting here and, um, an eight, eight hour, nine hour, uh, where they were here. I mean, I was wearing a microphone. I had like a microphone guy and a camera guy and all this stuff. It was just, it was, it was unreal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think as people see this, like, you know, 30 second, 60 second ad spot or whatever it is, and they they don't realize that that was like eight hours of, of footage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was fun though. So, so fun. Yeah. And so you have this incredible craft room. I mean, it is like a to die for craft room you have. And um, I just look at it and I'm like looking at my room like, okay, I need to make some upgrades here. But um, so tell us a little bit about like your craft room, Mm -hmm. what's in it, how Mm -hmm. you kind of thought about designing it and what you love about it. Because um, I know people when they see it are going to be like, oh, that's so (laughs) incredible. 
I think people, I think the backstory is, is amazing because I, we lived in a house for 15 years and my craft room was my bedroom. And so I remember every day, like during the week, my husband would come home and come to bed at 10 o'clock. Like that was his bedtime. And so like all my projects were laid all over the floor and bed and I always had to have his bed cleaned off, his part of the bed cleaned off by 10 o'clock every day. <laughs> And I had to put my things away and there was storage under the bed and there was just stuff everywhere. Right. And our house was pretty small. And then we decided we wanted to move to because, you know, Tisa's storage was everywhere. <laughs> and so when we built this home, I thought that this space, which is the formal dining room, was going to be my husband's TV room. And he goes, no, 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 I think this should be the, your craft room. And I'm like, What? my craft room? And he was like, yeah, do whatever you want. And so I told the builder, I want to push out that wall and I want to out these doors. And so he's like, okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that was really nice that he, he just knew that it was, it was going to continue to grow and I was going to need more room. I didn't even see that at the time. And then when we first moved in, he gave me a budget. It was pretty small, $800. And he goes, this is, this is your budget to start whatever you need in your craft room. And and so the first thing I bought was I went to Ikea and I bought kind of not their low end bookcases, but it's, it's probably their higher end bookcases. And I just start adding them against the wall. And that was the first thing I bought. And then I have this huge table. It's it's a dining room table and it fits like eight people. And I got it from World Market. I, every time I buy for the craft room, I'm on a budget. Right. And so I knew that this table had been 50 percent off at one point. And, and I was like, I can't pay full price for that. There's no way it's going to go 50% off. And so months went by and it finally went back to 50% off. And I was like, I am getting that table. And so, and that's how I was able to get the table. Mm -hmm. So what we do is like, I just keep having these budgets and I just make the budgets work. And so then, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, make more money and I'll set another little budget and then I'll buy something else. And so, um, I think the important thing about the craft room is that I do a lot of DIY in here, but um, I'm looking around as I'm talking. I purge a lot. I purge probably every four months. I'll go through things and I will get rid of things that I'm currently not using or I don't think I'm going to use anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important because I feel like with crafts, you can have so much stuff. Yes. Now, there has been times where I'm like, where is that yellow fabric? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I gave it to Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why did but, I do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's just, you know, it just keeps it nice and organized. Like inside the drawers, even on the little Michaels video, it says everything looks organized. But eh, if you open the drawers, it's not all that organized. So if you open the drawers, I do try to keep it organized, but it's not always organized. So. But right. it looks pretty. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great tip as far as like deaccessioning stuff that you know you're mm -hmm. not going to use and you don't need to hang mm -hmm. on to forever. Pass it along to somebody else. And then, yeah. you know, you feel more productive because your space mm -hmm. is neat and tidy and you can access everything and it's not just piles and piles of supplies. Yeah. I yeah. think a clean craft room, I mean, it doesn't have to be clean. It just needs to, you know, everything to me, I feel like everything needs to have a space. I think if it's that way, you, I'm more creative that way. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, that's totally true. And you mentioned earlier that you do still have a full-time job. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that and, and how you're balancing this job mm-hmm. with that one? Mm-hmm. I do have a full-time job. It's eight to five, uh, Monday through Friday. And um, there's not like, uh, <laughs> I'm very lucky that I'm able to most, for the most part, I keep the job into the eight to five time slot. If I do have to, you know, work extra, I will, you know, that's not a big deal, but it's not too often that I have to. And so um, what I do is I take a lot of, I, I, I get creative with my time. So in the mornings, if I need to pack orders, I will pack or I will, you know, wake up a little bit early and pack orders. Um, I will, uh, if I miss the cutoff for package pickup, I will take my lunch and go to the post office and drop off boxes. Um, and I do stop at five, but I take a break from five to seven. Like I watch nightly news and I like cook dinner. And then at seven, usually seven, seven thirty, I'm back in the craft room and then I will do videos or take photos. But now, now that I have great lighting and I can do photos at night, um, that's what I, that's what I do. Um, but it is better to take photos in the daytime, but I just can't do that, you know, with my eight to five job. Right. And what is your lighting setup like? So it's just two huge box, uh, you know, the little, the box lighting Okay. and, and, and it, it gets put away every time I don't use it because I'm like, it doesn't go with any, I can't just leave that stuff out. And so I will pull them out. And a lot of times I will take pictures on the weekends and that way I can get that great lighting or videos. Um, but I can also edit that and, and make things look brighter instead of so gray. Um, but, um, so the lighting does well. I use, uh, my ring light a lot. Um, um, I just try to get it in where I can get it in and, and, you know, just do the best that I can. I, I have to be gentle with myself because I'm not a full-time crafter. So. Right, right. No, and I think a lot of people are not and they're doing they're doing both of these things at the same time, mm-hmm. um, which gets mm-hmm. a little bit more challenging when it becomes a mm-hmm. business. But um, so what are you, you've talked a bunch of times about shipping orders. What are the um, products mm-hmm. that you're making and shipping? So I, uh, for, so I still sell, sell on Etsy and I sell, I don't know, I sell like, uh, <laughs> what do I sell? Stationary notepads, journals. Um, I do a lot of vinyl cups, um, like personalized vinyl cups. Um, I, my favorite thing that I sell are clipboards and they're round clipboards. And people always say, why do you have a round clipboard? And I'm like, why not? Why can't we have a round clipboard? (laughs) And people are like, so does it come with round paper? And I'm like, no, it doesn't come around paper, but I do have a vendor that will cut all of our paper to there's paper that we also sell with a clipboard that, uh, it, you know, the, it, it's custom cut to fit our clipboards. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> it's fun. It's happy. It's colorful. It makes your day brighter. Um, all of our products. Um, I, if you wanted to know my number one seller right now is these pens. I put together this set of eight of pens and I don't hand make the pens or anything like that, but I came up with like cute little names for them and put them in cute and put it in cute packaging and people just love these pens and they write amazing. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like supplies and custom customized products um mm-hmm. yeah that are sort of in fitting with your aesthetic basically 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then you also do some teaching. I know you have like a, a teaching arm mm-hmm. of your business called Confetti University. So, um, so wh- how does that look? What do, what do you do for teaching? So Confetti University is our virtual, it's like a virtual uh, craft class. <laughs> and before COVID, I used to remember I said, uh, I used to teach hand making cards a long time mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. And um, we moved here and, and the space can, I can invite a lot of people like up to eight people to, to craft. And so at the beginning of 2020, I think we had two classes and then COVID happened. Mm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not sure what to do. And one of my followers sent me a note and said, you should think about having this virtual. Like I would love to attend one of your classes, but I live in Florida. And I was like, do you really think people are interested in that? And she goes, I would definitely sign up. Uh-huh. And so we tried it one time. Um, I think it was like, oh, cricket one-on-one, or this is how I use my cricket. And people signed up. And I was like, what? And so then I thought, like, what if people got a box in the mail with all of their supplies? They don't have to go shopping for everything. And so that's what I do. I send them a box in the mail. It has all of their supplies in it for that craft. And then they're able to just pull everything out the box. No shopping. No trying to figure out what size, where to cut, any of that. And we all just sit and we craft together. That's so nice. Yeah. And I, it was ideal for COVID times, but I think it's ideal Mm -hmm. anytime too. So that was Mm -hmm. actually a really nice sort of expansion of your business. Um, that was maybe Mm -hmm. due to circumstances that weren't great, but actually is, is really great. And so do you use Zoom for that or a different platform? Mm-hmm. It's I use Zoom for that. And um, once you sign up, you'll get the link. And um, most of them are for pay. I've only done one, I think that we didn't charge. And it was like, let's address our Christmas cards together and get it done. And they were like, people were like, Oh, my gosh, yes, all these people signed up. I'm like, you guys just want to sit here and talk to me. And they're like, Yes, I'm like, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> That's so, a great idea yeah. too. It's like something. It's like a, like a task you don't want to do, but then if you do it with other people, mm-hmm. it just feels much more fun. Yes, yes, that's great. Um, super cool. So, um, uh, I know you have two kids. Are they crafty as well? Oh, so my kids are. Um, they are both in college, and they are both. Um, uh, taking creative classes. (laughs) So I do have creative kids, but they're a little bit different ones in graphic design and the other one is in fashion design. Oh, well, that's super creative. (laughs) Those are two Mm -hmm. very creative careers. It's different, but it's it's still creative. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you do creative things with them when they were growing up? Um, I think at that time they were just so small. I didn't like, you know, maybe I would have extra paper and let my daughter sit there and make things while I'm, you know, putting or whatever, but never really like a whole bunch of, you know, crafty things with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. That's, it's amazing how, um, how they, they went on to do such creative things, sort of just like you. So that's Oh yeah, you should hear me. I'm like, who knows in design? Can someone answer this question? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's very and they're helpful. like, they're so sick of me. 
Um, and, um, I wonder if you have any sort of goals for the future kind of for your business coming up now that we're kind of coming out of COVID and things are starting to return somewhat to normal, at least, um, what are your sort of goals coming up for the next year or two? Um, I want to grow, like, I really, really want to grow my workshops. I, I, I think Confetti University is just starting. And I think it could be a little, I think it could be much bigger than what it is. Um, and I have goals for that. <laughs> I don't want to say too much. But um, I, I really want to do uh, something with that. I'm very excited. And then, you know, just keep um just blogging and inter- in, not entertaining, but teaching people to be crafty. And, and uh, that's my goal. Um, as far as my business, I am um, going to hire a virtual assistant. And I'm also going to hire someone to come in house now that COVID's dying down, it's time to, you know, help me package orders or, you know, uh, packaged product or whatever Mm -hmm. um, here. And so I think that's going to open up some time for me to, you know, you know, come up with new products and things like that. So small steps, but you know, small steps, small goals, but it's, it's, they're all goals. Yeah, that's great. Those sound like great next steps. Um, So I want (laughs) to make sure we get to your um, recommendations, if that's okay with Mm -hmm. you. Okay. So um, one of the things that you wanted to recommend to other creative people were DIY magazines. And I wondered if you have a few favorites that you always look forward to getting. Oh, yeah. So like right now, right next to me is this HGTV magazine. And every time I get a little chance, it's for it's the June 2021. And it just has this confetti paint job on the, on the front. And I, I saw it at the store. I'm like, you have to get that. Like, I don't even know what's on the inside, but we just love this color. <laughs> and it just it, it, it I don't know, it gives me some inspiration, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then the the DIY magazine is amazing. Um, anything home and garden is amazing also. So, um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I feel like the thing with magazines that's a little bit different from like Pinterest, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. is like you go back to those same images so yes. many times and like yes. just stare at them and think about them and, um, you know, your favorite ones and they really mm-hmm. embed in your mind. I feel like because they're mm-hmm. from a print publication in a way yes. that's a little bit different from a digital image. Yeah. And I think like I'm look, I'm like flipping through it right now. It's like, like, I love, like, just even, like, if you look at a page and you're like, oh, my gosh, I love those colors. I could put that on a card. And this is just a patio, right? Or, like, looking at the fonts and, you know, they put fonts together in ways I would have never thought to put fonts together. And so I do, like, get a lot of inspiration for from those magazines. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and then um, you also have been enjoying, and this is probably with Beacon Adhesive, but blinging all the things I've been watching you do. <laughs> these oh projects <laughs> yeah like covering it's things a, in rhinestones <laughs> it's a horrible addiction but um I, I can't I can't I can't say that I haven't struggled struggled through COVID COVID was really stressful for me I really really stressful but um I started blinging so in in, in some some days I didn't even want to craft right but I felt like if I pulled out those rhinestones and I just start putting rhinestones on stuff, like it just calms me. And, and there's just this, 
you know, you're thinking about it, but you're really not thinking about it. And your brain's just not firing all these ideas. It's just this calmness of just making something that's already beautiful, more beautiful with rhinestones. Right. And so right now I'm working on a gumball machine. It's crazy. I cannot believe I'm covering a gumball machine with rhinestones, but it's so beautiful. Wow. (laughs) Is it like a big, like a full size, like the regular? Well, I have a full size gumball machine that I took apart was red. I spray painted it teal, put all the gumballs in there, but this one's a little bit smaller. And so, yeah, I'm looking at it right now and I still have like one more panel to finish. And it's just, it just brings this calmness to me and I just love it. And then just, you know, figuring out that some of the beacon adhesives work with, with rhinestones. I'm like, this is amazing. So, um, they have, they've allowed me to do a couple of projects with rhinestones and I just, it's just something I just love doing right now. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of people, myself included, (laughs) can really relate to that sort of methodical, repetitive Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. aspect of craft. And I like how Mm -hmm. you describe it as like, you're still thinking about what's wrong in the world, but you're also not thinking about it. And it just brings you that inner calm. Yeah, that's lovely. Totally. And then the last thing you wanted to recommend, and it sounds like you're really good at this, is organization, just sort of going through and organizing. Oh my gosh. I never thought I would be this person, <laughs> but my house is truly organized. Like I, my, my house before was just not. And I think because everything didn't have a space. So like my mom, she would be like, I wanted to buy you this new mini appliance for your kitchen. And I'm like, give me the dimensions. I need to see if it has a place. Like we cannot bring things in the house that have to sit out on the counter. And she thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, no, 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 no. It has to have a place. Like we can, I cannot, I just don't want things just sitting everywhere. And so almost everything in my house has a space, uh, a a space. And so, um, and then, and I this you know, I have a person who comes in to help me clean and she, her job is to clean. And my job is to keep everything organized. So when she comes in, it's not a bit mess for her. Mm -hmm. And so I think having her, it really helps me keep everything in line because I know she's coming. So I better get it back together if it's not in order. And so it's just made my life. Like, I feel like when things are in order, my brain is just calm and my day just goes better. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but before I was never this person, I I don't know what happened. Well, I've, (laughs) I've, yeah, I've been introduced recently (laughs) to this idea of organization as self care, which is a very Mm -hmm. interesting combo. But, um, you know, it is possible when you're feeling stressed or just, you know, sort of restless that you can go open any drawer. Like, mm-hmm. your, you know, your sock drawer or your daughter's, yep. your daughter's t-shirt drawer or whatever it might be and just empty everything out of there and then fold everything up yep. nicely and put it all back. And in yep. all honesty, you shut the drawer and you're like, I did something. I feel, yep. I feel better. <laughs> it's organized. It's, I can find things. Like I just uh, love it, love it, love it. My pantry's organized. I'm trying to get my refrigerator to be organized, but I don't want to put all those bins in there. I know. But, uh, yeah, I have that I'm problem trying. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that there's some a lot of truth to that. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Tisa, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you so much. And you've been listening to the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today's episode was sponsored by Craftsy. 
Whether you're new to making or looking to advance skills in a favorite hobby, Craftsy is the place to learn. With over 1,500 classes, there's something for everyone, from knitting and sewing to baking and cooking, gardening, embroidery, quilting, and more. Visit CraftsyOffers.com today and get a full year of Craftsy Premium Membership for just $3. That's 97% off the regular price. Start turning ideas into projects you can be proud of. Thank you so much, Craftsy. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals. When you become a member of Craft Industry Alliance, you get in-depth coverage of craft industry news, the opportunity to connect with fellow professionals for advice and support, and access to an educational library filled with ideas, tools, and resources to help you as you build your business. Join us at craftindustryalliance.org. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.